I bought that first one for $287, sold it for $5,000 like four days later. You're listening to Ice Cream with Investors, a podcast that is dedicated to teaching you how to better invest your money so that you can live a more intentional life. I'm your host, Matt Four, and it is my goal to teach and empower you to remove the roadblocks to your financial success. All right. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today's guest is Brent Bowers. I'm super excited to have Brent because I think he has a super interesting story and a very niche part of the real estate market. But Brent is an investor. He's a coach. He focuses on buying and selling vacant land. But his career started off as an army officer. And after spending eight years on deployment and away from his family, Brent knew that he needed to do something to be more present with his wife and children. And that's when he began starting to invest in real estate. Not only does he get the income from the real estate business, but he also gets to spend more time with his friends and family and kids, which we're a big fan of here. So Brent has multiple businesses that he's going to walk us through. So I'll just stop there and just say, Brent, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we like to start with the difficult questions here. What's your favorite ice cream? Man, uh, definitely chocolate. Just chocolate? Yeah, I'm pretty simple. I mean, if, if you want to put like more chocolate, like I like the... Uh, like the, the Nolly, Rocky Road, like uh, tons of fudge. So more chocolate in chocolate, that's even better. It's got okay. those big chunks of chocolate in there. Yeah, I like it. What about a cone or bowl? Uh, definitely cone. The bigger, the better. <laughs> yep, yep. Nothing better than a smelling of a fresh baked waffle cone. Yeah, I love that. So tell our listeners, what's the scoop? What do you do today? What do I do today? You know, obviously I'm a, a Christ follower, husband, father of three. Uh, I got multiple businesses, like you had mentioned. Um, I've got a team, a great team behind me, backing me. Uh, we buy land at crazy discounts, and then we turn around and seller finance that land to a massive buyers and get monthly payments. Uh, we also have a house flipping company, a house wholesaling company. We buy rentals. Um, and what I'm most passionate about is jumping on these podcasts. I call myself a Lately, uh, my, actually, my wife gave me this term. She's like, you're like a professional podcast guest. And I was like, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. I love getting on these podcasts and talking about what I'm doing with land and teaching other students how to do it with the Land Sharks program. That's awesome. I can feel the energy already, but your journey didn't begin in real estate. Can you talk to us a little bit about your military career and were you doing real estate while you were in the military? Like, How did that transition happen? Yeah, really. Um, so I'd had a business. I started a business in like sixth grade, middle school, and it was mowing grass. And then it turned into a lawn service that that did landscaping as well. And by the time I graduated high school, I was about to hire someone to help me like run it all. And my father came out with me and invested a bunch of money. We built the business even more, but I always wanted to get my real estate license. I always wanted to be a real estate investor. I started out taking courses like Robert Allen Institute. I would pay for those $5,000 seminars. It actually finally started happening for me about 2007. I got my real estate license. I actually thought I had to have a real estate license to be a good investor because I was like, well, I'll have the inside track on all the deals. Well, I bought my first rental property like a month after I got my license. Um, I actually borrowed the earnest money deposit from my great grandmother. And she's like, look, if you don't pay me back, it comes out of your inheritance. And I was like, don't worry, I will. I'll pay you back. I actually got a, a t- I was like, grandma, I'm getting a commission to buy this rental property. She's like, that's crazy. I don't know what you're talking about, but I paid her back and I didn't get any inheritance. I don't know what she's talking about. She's tricking me. <laughs> um, but long story short, we all know what happened in 2008, 2009. I actually left my business, moved over to the coast of West Palm Beach and started you know, trying to buy and sell real estate and use my real estate license. And 
ultimately I feel like I just like got down in like a deep depression. I was driving renters around to rent these houses and I may, I was lucky if I made $300 in a week. So I was really, I ran out of money. I was paying credit cards with credit cards and my wife's grandpa, he said, you know, go join the military. You can go to school, join the air force, do 20 years, you'll retire. It's a great gig. So I was like, you know what? You like, you've got it figured out. I'm going to do that. And he's the guy that introduced me to Jim Rohn, by the way. Um, so like that, he changed my life. So I go to the air force, they wouldn't take me. So luckily I'm coachable. The air force recruiter said, go to the army. They'll take anybody. <laughs> so I did. Um, so I went to the army, went to basic training, October, 2009, deployed by November, 2010. And then pretty much back to back deployments. I took a break off in real estate from 2009 to about 2013. When I got back to the United States, started house hacking. I didn't know that's what it was at that time, renting out the rooms and bought a, a third property after that. So that house hack was a second and then a, bought a third one. And then we moved to Colorado and bought a fourth property. And I was like, I had another problem. I'm like, I am like maxed out. I'm in debt to, the, to my ears from fixing up all these houses. I now have a triplex and three houses as rentals. And I just purchased another primary residence. So I'm like five properties now and all of them needed fixed up. And I bought them all at discounts. So American Express was maxed out. Home Depot was maxed out. You name it. So I'm like, well, wholesaling houses, that's a quick way to make money. So started wholesaling houses, met a, met a, um, a mentor named Tom Kroll with Wholesaling Inc. And now I have the honor of being their, their land coach today. But that wasn't working too well for me doing the crazy hours I was doing. We talked about it before on here. You were like covering the whole state of Florida in your technology job. I was, I felt like I was always away, always training, always gone. So it's hard to run a real estate company and meet sellers, meet buyers when you're working like crazy. So I got turned on the land and uh, I honestly thought it was too good to be true for like the first 10 land deals, but they were happening left and right. Yeah, a couple of things you brought up there. One, I start my morning with Jim Rome, so I I, I love really? the plug there, and I just got to double down on that point. Yeah, I don't, he pops up. So I, I I've got this morning ritual where I go through and like stretch and move my body just to wake myself up and do a little meditation and prayer and things like that. And Jim Rohn is always in my ear while I'm doing that stretch routine, and it's a good way to start your positive morning for anybody out there listening. The second thing, man, I'm sorry you missed 2009 to 2013. I also missed that time period of buying real estate, but. Anyone who bought during that time period is killing it by now. So yeah. that's crazy. I was a quitter. That's why I, I was <laughs> I was a scared. I was a quitter. I let my between my two ears control things. And you know, I saw people getting out of the business that had been in it 20 years. I was like, well, if they can't make it. There's no way I can do it. Who am I? Yep. Yep. So you talked about wholesaling properties. Um, it, that might be new to some of our listeners out there. Can you describe what is wholesaling? Yeah, what I was doing was I was sending mailers to property owners that were in distress, either behind on their taxes, not paying their water bill, behind on their mortgage. And I would send them a letter and see if they wanted to sell their house to me at a discount. I get it done fast. So I would get it under contract. I would get the contract to buy their house at 150 and the house was worth 200 And I would find a cash buyer to pay me like 160 so I had it under contract at 150. I sold my contract for 160. I would make the difference with 150 and 160. That's that's all wholesaling is. And I do the same thing with land. So and I can make a quick ten thousand dollars in 30 days, and it was like awesome. 
Yeah, but so the question I normally get when I explain wholesaling to people is why would someone sell it at 150 if they knew it was worth 160? You know what? I don't know why. Why do people like vanilla ice cream? I don't know. Like, <laughs> we got to stop asking why. Why are there pawn shops on every corner? Like, why do people go in the pawn shop and sell their Rolex at 50 cents on the dollar? All I am is a pawn shop for houses and land. And you got to serve that seller. You got to provide them speed and convenience. And 99 out of 100 sellers are not going to need my services. That's why there's realtors. Realtors can get them top dollar. And realtors, for some reason, absolutely hate house. And I don't know, I shouldn't say, say realtors, some realtors, some people really hate on, you know, house buyers and land buyers. I catch a lot of negativity on Facebook, but uh, I think they could be doing better, better things with their time than, than trolling my, my ads and, and commenting on them, like, you know, sell it with a realtor, like yada, yada. But I don't know, some sellers don't want to list on, on the real estate market. They don't want their neighbors knowing what they're doing or, you know, you name it and lands the same way, but there's just less emotion with it. Yeah. I, um, I like to consider wholesaling solving problems, right? For one reason or another, that buyer or that seller is in distress, whether it be taxes or they've got upcoming payments or who knows, maybe they're going to jail next week and they just need to offload the property. <laughs> yeah. So you as a wholesaler, you're trying to find people with distressed situations that are willing to sell it maybe less than it's worth because of foundation issues, roof issues, the inside, they don't want to pay commissions for a realtor, whatever reason it is out there. And then you match them with a buyer, like maybe ourselves, who would be willing to take on that problem and, and take on that house. I know as a real estate investor myself, I've bought tons of wholesales, but I've also sold my properties wholesale. You get in yeah. there, you realize that something's wrong with it. You don't want to deal with it, or you don't want to pay a realtor's commission, or you want cash fast. So um it sounds like you were, so 150 to 160, I, that seems to be a typical assignment fee, about 10 grand or so. It sounds like you were doing some successful deals there. What, what, did, what are the goods and the bads of wholesaling before we go into the kind of the land piece? Yeah, I'll tell you what was kind of rough for me was I had a very crazy schedule. I had to be on base at 6 a.m. And then I wouldn't leave a lot of times until 6 p.m. So I was really only working half days. I didn't have, I had like an hour lunch break and I would just, I would like run to the seller's house, like speed and build rapport in three minutes and then talk about the house for another three minutes. And I have about three more minutes to get it under contract. And if I didn't get under contract, I wasn't following up uh, because I just, was just moving so fast. And if I, if I didn't get it under contract at that time, I wasn't going to get it under contract. So the land, which was so nice about the, 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 the pro and the con was I didn't have to go and talk to the seller. Most of the time I didn't have to meet the seller. A lot of times it was over the phone and they would tell me where it's at and we do the deal. No emotion. I didn't have to sit with them for a while. Um, so that, that was kind of the, I don't know if there's any good, bad, or ugly with wholesaling. It's just another process. Um, I actually eventually worked it out to where I, I help. I got a team member to help me go out and look at these properties, return these phone calls, build rapport, connect with these sellers, and and listen what they needed. It was it's only solving problems. That's it. Foundation, roof, you name it. They need to live there for thirty more days. Um, but it was just more of an emotional sale for us, like. They raised their family there for 30 years. And I say sell for us, purchase for us, sell for them. They raised their family for, you know, 20 years in that house. They might've, uh, they might've painted one time and they wanted a, you know, a big bag of money for it for just living there that long. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you touched on a couple of things there. One, I would say if, if somebody comes to me and says they have little money and they want to get started in real estate, like wholesaling is a good place to start because it doesn't require a ton of money. There are some marketing costs and things like that. But the downside from my, my perspective is it's a very, very active business. So you oh, either yeah. need to have a process or you need to be actively involved. It is not passive. It's, it's seconds, not minutes. Like if, if, if they got my card, they're going to call me. If I don't live answer for a house, I'm talking about a house right now. Mm-hmm. If we don't live answer that thing, they're calling the next person on Google or the next card they got or the person that texted them that day or cold called them that day. There's like nine wholesalers to like one land buyer. Like there yep. was like just literally no, con- it's like the deep blue ocean strategy. There's no sharks in the water yet. Hence the land sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of the reason why it was called that, but it was a lot of competition. And, but here's a cool thing about competition. When there's a lot of competition, it tells me that's a great market. You know, it's a great area to be in. You know, I don't like to be a pioneer and go where no one's at and get arrows on my back. Same thing with land. If I don't see any volume happening, I'm probably not going to mess with that area. Yep. Well, you talked on the big piece of the wholesaling, which is the emotional buy, right? So somebody Uncle Dale was here when he broke his leg for the first time, kind of stories about the house. And people have that emotional attach, with make, which makes it hard to invest in single family properties, to buy single family properties at wholesale. So you move to land, right? There's, there's a little bit less emotional detachment to it. Are there any other benefits to wholesaling land versus a house? What are, what are some of the things that drew you there? Well, I mean, I'll tell you like the story about my first deal, like when I, I I was searching for answers, I knew I had to improve my wholesaling business. And why did I have a wholesaling business as an army officer? I, you know, I talked about that first and then that second deployment. Um, I, I, this is my, I'm on my second marriage now. My first wife left because I was never home. Um, and now I, I've met the woman of my dreams where we just had a baby. And when that baby was born, I'm like, I've got to change something, man. I can't go down this route again. It's going to like, if, I don't want another wife leaving me. Plus I have a baby I want to be around. So I was looking for my exit plan. So I put in my refrad packet. It's a packet to get out of the military basically for an, for an officer. And I was building the plan like to get out. So I started wholesaling houses. I wanted to replace my, my income, but I was still searching for answers. I was like, I've got to, you know, I was reading the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Like I've got to systematize this to where it's a better system. So when I get out, I'm not replacing one crazy job for another crazy job, but I also want enough income where I don't have to worry about how am I going to afford insurance this month type thing. So I'm searching for answers. I'm listening to like every podcast to and from work, just looking for inspiration to keep doing this because I'm spending so much money in mail. Like I'm mailing like six or 7,000 postcards to get one deal. And that took a lot of like, strength to pay that for that bill every month. Like I'm literally spending more on mail than I make in the army. Um, and it, I was maxing out my credit card once again. So I heard a guy talking about land and he's buying it at crazy discounts and like pennies on the dollar and selling it overnight for crazy amounts of money. And I'm like, and a light bulb went off. And my mentor, Tom Kroll, I remember him like saying, like back in 2015, when I met him, he's like, just get rid of the land. Like, don't mail the land. And I'm like, I've been putting it aside this whole time. Like it's sitting on Excel spreadsheet files of my computer. And I look and I'm already mailing the tax delinquent list for the houses. And I was like, there's 687 records here. I can mail this postcard to land. And guys, if you're, if your uh, listeners want the postcard, I will, I can give them a link and they can go download that postcard. 
anything I got, I'll share. So I mail 687 handwritten postcards. I didn't write them. The mailhouse did it. My phone exploded. I'm telling you, Matt, like I got probably 87 phone calls and I returned about 20 of them hiding in the bathroom, closing my office door, locking my door. Like, cause my boss would come in like, Oh, you're doing another land deal. Huh? Well, out of those 20 phone calls, I did two deals. Both of those deals netted me over $4,500 and I was paid within about 30 days of that first mailing to doing those two deals. And I bought that first one for $287, sold it for $5,000 like four days later. Um, that's why land, because these people had never heard from anybody else. I was the only one and there was no emotion. They're like, yeah, just give me $500, give me $285. And I was hooked. I was like, there's no way it's that easy. Yeah, And just yep. kept doing it and doing it. When I think about land too, like, so a house, it's Uncle Dale's house, right? And they, they inherited it. They're out of state. They, they know it's Uncle Dale's house and like getting rid of the house means getting rid of Uncle Dale. But in a land, you usually don't lay your head there. So you have no emotional attachment to it. So if you own land out of state and it's passed due on its taxes or has some kind of issues with it where you signify that you're a distressed buyer, chances are you're willing to get rid of it. And you don't have an emotional attachment to it. So you'll just take whatever somebody will give you. In a, in a good situation, right? What are some of the things you're looking for though when you look for land? Are you looking for like in the middle of New York City, Manhattan, <laughs> let me find a big plot of land? Are you looking out in the country? Like wh what does a good land deal look like? Yeah, definitely not in New York. I'm, I'm looking for like, I call it the teeter-totter method. Like for instance, if you're talking New York, I wanna be like two and a half hours away to the west of there because I gotta find some raw land or Colorado Springs. I like to be just on the outskirts. It's the teeter-totter method. I want to be just teetering on the outskirts of where all the growth is happening because those sellers aren't watching the skyscrapers and the buildings and the housings boom up. So they're more willing to give me a discount on the land. So really, what am I looking for? I want to be just outside of growth. I love the land that I call recreational in the middle of nowhere stuff. That's the stuff that gives me my passive income, gives me, it lets me know what I'm going to make next month. Like my land specialist, she sells our land. She's 60 something years old. She travels the country, goes and sees grandchildren in uh, Arizona and Ohio. She's always gone somewhere. So she's like a part-time worker, but she sold like 10 parcels of land a couple of weeks ago, 10 parcels and like literally a, a 10 day period. And each one of those parcels got us on average about $300 a month. So 300 times 10, that's an additional $3,000 a month coming in our door. Now, if we can do that 10 times a year, what's 3,000 3, times 10? That's 30 grand that we're adding to our passive income coming in. And usually our notes, our, our mortgages that we hold, we seller finance it. So we do, our, do a seller carry back to where we're taking payments for this. We'll do it for five, seven, sometimes up to 30 years. So I keep compounding this. I know what I'm going to make next month. And so to answer your question, I love the stuff on the outskirts of town. And then we'll flip the buildable lots or wholesale them like we just talked about. Get it under contract. It's worth 50. We'll get it under contract for maybe 25. Sell it to a builder for 45. The builder is not looking for a crazy discount on land. They're just looking for people to sell them land so they can do what they do best. And that's build houses. Yep. So you mentioned a concept there about seller finance. That might be new to some of our listeners. What, what is a seller finance, seller carry back? Yeah, Matt, I'm going to, you want to buy this piece of land. It's worth 20,000. I'm going to take a thousand dollars down and you're going to pay me a thousand dollars a month for the next 19 months. That's it. And you're going to pay off that $20,000 loan. That's 0% interest 
Um, my preferred method, you give me a thousand dollars down, I'm gonna make your payments two, three hundred dollars. Or what's the how much of a payment can you afford each month, Matt? Yeah, two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks a month. Awesome. Thousand bucks down. Can you afford the that down payment of a thousand dollars? I've got a thousand dollars. Nine percent interest. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. We're gonna do a 15-year note on this land. You're going to pay $200 a month for the next 15 years at 9% interest. So ultimately, I'm going to collect like 35 grand from you for a $20,000 lot. Uh, and you're going to, it's going to come out of your bank account every month automatically. And you can log into your account. You can see exactly how much you owe. Give it to your, your, your tax, CPA, whatever. That's me holding the, the mortgage for you, just like the banks. Yeah. And I think the key there is you're taking a single transaction and spreading it across time. And if you see what's going on in the technology world, for instance, we're seeing this pay by the use model or pay for software subscription models. And that is why is because you're creating predictable cash flow streams over the long term, which makes you as a business owner a lot safer because you know you've got that predictable income coming in. So I love the strategy there. If, if, if somebody's trying to get into this, though, and they've got a list, they mail it out. What are some tips? Like, do you have like a top three tips or something like that that you could give for a first time buyer that for first time in this process that maybe they're not considering? Yeah, tip one, you know, do your due diligence. Um, and I can offer you a link for that. My team uses this every single time. It's the landsharks.com forward slash DD as in due diligence. I also talked about the postcard uh, that, that I uh, sent in the beginning. I'll offer that too. It's the landsharks.com forward slash postcard. Um, you'll have to put your name and your email in there, but that's the postcard that I use. And that, that's the 16 items we check on our due diligence. My assistant, my virtual assistant in the Philippines, she checks these things every time we purchase a piece of land. It's things like, is it buildable? Uh, is there road access? Like well, what kind of water lines? Did you call the water company? Um, little things like that uh, to check. And then we also have the title company you know, open title where they're checking liens, encumbrances, back taxes, IRS tax liens, and then getting a title insurance policy. Um, I don't recommend going out and buying quit claim deed properties like I bought. A quit claim deed is where the seller says we no longer claim it. Any liens, encumbrances, back taxes, clouds on title are yours now, Brent. Um, so some mistakes I made in the beginning. And go look at the land. If you can't look at it, send somebody. Don't just trust Google Earth. I know that my, my due diligence checklist says check it on Google Earth, but also send somebody because I've bought craters in the ground. Um, I've bought, you know, uh, treasures deeds where the title was clouded for nine years, things that I didn't know what I was doing. I was just buying land. I thought it was at a discount. You know, the intelligent investor, uh, Warren Buffett's teacher says, you know, buy at the margin of safety, not what it's worth, buy it at a discount or buy it like you're buying your groceries on sale. And I was like, well, I'm getting it on sale. That's what, what could be wrong with it? Yep. <laughs> well, a lot of things. Yeah. And I think that's the value of, that you provide in a coaching at, at the Landshark is that I don't know much about title and how to do title searches and what to look for and things like that. Like that, that is my area of weakness. That is my blind spot. And I know that I've gone down the path of trying to do a wholesaling business, but it was too active for me and having a W2 job and things like that. But um, getting partnered up with folks that have been down this in the, in the, in the past can help you avoid some of the mistakes there. So I, I do want to give you a plug there because I think what you guys are teaching over there, watching some of the videos on YouTube and things like that is good information to, Thanks, to have. Man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Definitely subscribe. I'm trying to build that channel. No one else is talking about land on YouTube. So yeah. it's been fun building a lot of time and effort though. We talked about YouTube before we got on here. Yeah. It's, it's quality stuff. I am, uh, I don't know if people, many people know this, like my form of entertainment is YouTube. And the reason why is because I find folks like yourself that are very into a specific topic and boom, that's how I go learn about things. Don't really watch like what's it squid games or something like that i haven't seen squid games yet because i found you talking about land i'm like oh i'm just gonna go down this nerd rabbit hole real quick so quality stuff you're doing over there thanks man appreciate that very much i don't even know what squid games are either so don't <laughs> you're not the only one <laughs> it's the new netflix show that all the kids are raging about really okay I, i'm gonna check it out yeah, yeah. Uh, well, shift gears now to our last five uh toppings here um our first one is, what is your favorite book or what is something you've read recently that has changed your paradigm? The Wealthy Gardener. I wish someone would have chained me to a desk when I was 18 years old and read that book um, and just implemented what he talks about. It's not earth shattering things and it's written in a story form. It's such a great book. What, what is it about? Because I'd never heard about it until I heard you say it one time. You know, I just love the fact how he slowly grew his empire. You know, he was a chiropractor. He lost his wife. And it's just, it was a sad story. It was a beautiful story. It was entertaining. And it was just like principles, like, you know, just actual sound principles. And I don't want to ruin the book for anybody. And I'm going to, I'm going to reread it too, because I actually listened to it on Audible, but I purchased a, I got turned on to it by going out to a scale event. I'm on this houseboat and I'm like reading this guy's notes, uh, which was really cool. He actually was taking notes on the inside page of like the, the things that were just earth shattering to him. So that's why I was like, wow, I felt like I was like peeking into his journal. I almost felt wrong by doing it, but I told him about it later. So I kind of, you know, like, you know, covered for that, but um, I ended up buying the book, the hardcover and the audible. And it was just a great book. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to check it out. Uh, very few times do I hear a book that I haven't come across at some point. So I'll have to check that out. Our next one is I believe that the person you become 10 years from now is directly correlated to the things that you do every single day. What is something that you do every single day? Man, every single day, I wouldn't say seven days a week, but I do something like physical, like this morning, you know, I'm really proud of myself today. Like I usually don't go this hard in the paint on the physical fitness, but I like went in for the to the gym for an hour. And then I ran three miles afterwards. I try and do something physical every day, at least five days a week, Sundays and Saturdays and Sundays. I'm usually swimming with the kids. So I guess I'm kind of physical then too. Um, but it's just always moving. Yep. Yep. I think you have to move to re-energize your brain and get to get just to get your blood flowing, if nothing else. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Probably listen to these Jim Rohn tapes. Uh, we talked about it. My first wife's grandpa gave them to me on cassette and I literally transferred them to cassette to CD. And I listened to him over and over and over. And I, I say that, that uh, him saying, listen to these cassettes changed my life. I'm going to shamelessly double down on the Jim Rohn plug this, this, this session because I love some Jim Rohn. Our fourth one is, what is the thing you're most proud of in your life? You know, just, uh, man, so many things. If, if I had to narrow it down to one thing, um, I would just say, like, just my children, like, just ultimately, like, so many things led up to having them. Um, and I know that's an easy thing. I wish I could say, like, five things, but you only ask for one. <laughs> how, how old are they? Uh, one, three, five. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, our, our last one is if you could sit down and eat a bowl of ice cream with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? 
Well, let's say, let's just go, let's just keep it simple and just say Jim Rohn. And I would hope for a big bowl of ice cream with him. Yep. Yep. A chocolate with brownies and extra chocolate is what, what I heard at the beginning, right? Extra chocolate on top of chocolate. You there got you it. Go. There you go, Brent. Well, this has been fantastic. I appreciate the conversation and the time. I do think this is an undervalued, under talked about, underserved and huge ROI niche. If anybody out there wants to be my VA for this, I'm willing to fund it because I believe in the niche so so much. If people out there though wanted to learn more about the Landshark programs and how to get involved in this, where could we send them to reach out to you? Yeah, head over to thelandsharks.com, thelandsharks.com. I also mentioned I'm a wholesaling ink coach. You can go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. And I love that you said that. Like my VA helped me get my land off the ground. And I, I don't care, have your VA log into the course, have your VA join all the support calls and get on the support forum. Like I'll teach your VA all day long because at the end of the day, it's going to change not just your life, but the VA's life and hopefully their family's lives. So I'm like shouting from the rooftops about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Brent, I appreciate it again. And we'll have to have you back on soon. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening to Ice Cream with Investors. If you like what we serve you here, it would mean the world to me if you would like, subscribe, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app.